Today we're talking about harmony. Today is the last of the series of uh, one another's. And how many of you have, can remember the one another's? I mean, there's 35. We didn't get all of them. But, you know, serve one another. Love one another. Admonish one another. Uh, be kind to one another. I mean, there's so many uh, one another's. But I want you to think about something. If we walked and expressed, you know, each one of those one another's, what would happen? We would live in harmony with one another. And so today, I was, it's, it's really interesting because today I, I went to the, or actually yesterday, I went to the ESV or the other day, and I typed in harmony in the search engine on the ESV Bible online, and three scriptures showed up. There's only three times in the ESV that the word harmony is used, and what's interesting is one tells us to do it, which would be the what, one tells us why to do it, and the other one tells us how to do it. I'm like, man, you can't get a scripture or a, a sermon so much laid out for you like that. So this is what I want to talk about today is this, is, you know, is, is first of all, we all know, right? We're to live in harmony with one another. Uh, harmony is one really important. Romans 12, 16 says, live in harmony with one another. And I do believe that it is a result, if we express all the one another's, this would be the, the, the sign, this would be the, the show that we're truly doing that. We, uh, you know, William and I, what, two weeks ago, we went to the first band meeting. Uh, for Coons High School. And I want to tell you something, it is awesome to watch, like, Callie. Callie started band, I don't know, how old is Callie? Seven? Eight? Where is she? Are you, did you come to church today? Okay, you're not playing hooky, all right? You're the preacher's kid, can't do that. What'd you, what grade did you start? Sixth grade. Oh, you've been doing it that long? So she, this year she's going to be a junior. So y'all can refer to who is Chad from now on. She's a junior. And uh, some of you didn't get that. It's okay. But uh, she uh, she been playing band. I remember the first time that she got her saxophone. She wanted to do percussion. She got her saxophone. I remember going and watching her at that little sixth grade recital. And I went in there, and the whole time I'm doing this because I kept thinking geese were flying over my head, and I'm like, I gotta shoot one of these geese because you hear the band playing. They're like, you know, and you're like, my gosh. But to, but, to, but to watch her, I mean, now she's, she's, I don't know, a team leader or something like that or whatnot. She'll do, maybe she'll go to the Marine Corps and be on the drill team or, or the Marine Corps band. I don't know. But, uh, but it's amazing to watch them, you know, go from 6th grade to 12th grade, how, how they begin to harmonize and how they begin to, you know, not mess up as much. And from 6th grade where it's just bless their little hearts. And... And even the other day, you know, the freshmen, the new, the new freshmen with the, the high school band, we're all sitting there, and, and uh, me and William are looking at each other the whole time. I'm, and I'm, I'm not making too big emotions, but I'm going, oh, oh, you know, like, there's a goose, there's a goose. And, and it's awesome to see, you know, them just harmonizing. Man, they were playing, uh, what's, that, what's that Chicago song we were talking? 25-64-257 Chicken or something, I don't know. They were playing some old songs, man, and they were rocking it out. I'm like, man, this is going to be a good year because they have a lot of old classic rock songs that they're playing, and I'm, I'm really, really excited. But, you know, if you look up the word harmony in the dictionary, it means agreement. It means accord, not a Honda version, but, you know, a church version. Uh, it's harmonious relationships, and William Hormone, hormone is it's, it's, it's H-O-R-M, you know. So, yeah, so to all you hormonal women out there, we didn't mean to offend you during the game. Uh, so let's be in harmony, okay? Let's overlook that small grammar error. 
Y'all look mine, y'all overlook mine every week, so we can give William at least one mistake. Uh, so it's it's a consistent, orderly, or pleasing arrangement of parts. You know, so to have hor- uh, I almost said harmony. <laughs> to have harmony, and this is gonna mess me up the whole sermon. To have harmony, you've got to have more than one part. Now, how many of you have ever just really got along with yourself? You know? Man, I love myself. Y'all like that Jack Han- or the Jack Handy sayings by Jack Handy's on, the, on the Saturday Night Live, you know? The guy looks in the mirror and he goes, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you, you know, until you meet somebody. And then, but, uh, you know, we don't have a problem getting along with ourselves. We don't have a problem working, uh, you know, with, with uh, ourselves, you know, and, or doing things the way we like it, you know? Uh, I've never gotten an argument with myself you know, building a project or something like that. But, I mean, have you ever noticed how you get a bunch of people together? It's like everybody's got a different way of doing it. Everybody's got a... And that's where you basically you just have to submit to the leader. Uh, even as the pa- even though I'm the pastor, if we're on a building project or doing something that I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing, I'm not going to assume the role of, hey, everybody listen to me. I'm going to say, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. Let's do what he says to do. You know, and, and, and that's what a leader does. You know, you have to find out who is the expert in this field. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's, 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 that right there is, is harmony. It's, it's everybody knowing their place of what's going on. It's, it's all about a common goal. But here's the thing. There has to be something that brings people together. There has to be a reason uh, for people to come together, work as a team, and accomplish something. And uh, that's what we want to look at today. So, um, but it's an arrangement of parts. And, and unity is a synonym of harmony. And it's the state of being one. How many scriptures does the Bible talk about us being one? Uh, you know, uh, it's the state or fact of being under uh, or combined into one as the parts of a whole. It's unification. You know, unity in the community. How many times have you heard that, you know, campaign slogan for, for revival? So, so, I mean, the Bible says to be in harmony with one another. And so if you're in a band and you don't have harmony, your music sounds like, crud uh if you're on a team and you're trying to build something and you don't have harmony the project gets either if it does get completed it's slow everybody's miserable uh and it's just it's not very peaceful in the process but we know that lack of harmony is a major wrench that can jam up some gears in whatever you're doing and so today i want to tell you this is the why of harmony in romans 15 5 through 6 it says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ. Now, understand this. He's not asking for us just to get along. He's not telling us, hey, y'all get along and y'all work together well. He's saying y'all work together well with Jesus in the midst of you. Y'all work together well with Jesus as the primary uh, source of your unity, as the primary reason for your unity and uh, be in accord with Christ Jesus. You know, how many, of you, how many of you know that you can be together as a group and Jesus had nothing to do with it? And then you get lost in the sauce. So, uh, in accord with Christ Jesus, he says, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it answers the question, once again, why are we here? But, so the purpose of our harmony, the purpose of us coming together is that God can be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen? So that God can be glorified. How many times have you seen people say, I'm not going to church because that church is full of, you know, whatever. Fill in the blank. How many times, 
How many people are, are standoffish from God because they've seen, whether it be poser Christians or Christians that are you know, lacking repentance in their lives or Christians that are not obeying the word, but, but the deal is, is this, is we, you know, we like to keep things to ourselves, but it doesn't work that way. The Bible says that if we say that we love God and we don't love our brother, that we're a liar and that the truth is not in us. And the Bible says that the, woo, it says that the love of God is the proof that we're his people. Is the proof that we're his people. And there are so many people today that won't darken the doors of the church because the only thing that they've seen of God is a cruddy imitation, is a cruddy version of what they think that God is to be. I've got a friend in Canada right now who is a missionary to the Inuit people, and those people have been molested by Christians for generations. And so you can't just go up there and say, hey, Jesus loves you. We won't tell you about Jesus. Because when you think about Jesus, they think, well, that means we must, our children are in danger again. And so he's up there trying to present to them the true gospel of what God has done and that he's not what they think that he is. And so this, this, some people's idea of God is because that other people in the name of Jesus have given them false information or hurt them or damaged them. And that's not what Jesus is wanting us to do. God doesn't get the glory out of that. So we are to live in harmony that God may be glorified. You know, I remember in the Marine Corps, it was so funny. How many of you remember Sesame Street? You know, and you, today, today's episode is brought to you by Circles. And the number two. <laughs> and so you would watch the show, and what would you learn about? You would learn about Circles and number two. And how many of you remember that song? One of these things just ain't like the other. One of these things just isn't the same. Remember that. You, do you remember that? And so you'd have like four circles and you'd have a triangle. You know, and you're watching the screen, you're going, I know the answer to this. Which one of these doesn't go? Uh, I'm thinking of that comedian guy. Uh, yeah, Brian Regan. Uh, uh, I don't know. Mom, help. Uh, you know. But, you know, the triangle doesn't go, you know. And then they sing the song. One of these things just ain't like the other. And then I went to the Marine Corps, and I thought I was graduated from Sesame Street. But the Marine Corps instructor sang this song. But it was a lot cooler. They'd come out of their, they'd come out of their, their room, the, the what they call the, the, the hut, the duty hut. They'd come out of the hut, and they'd look around and say we were going to do something that day, and we're supposed to have certain attire on, you know, like boots and, and, and pants. And we call them, you know, we, we call them trousers, and we call our shirts blouses. And I'm like, dude, that's, a, that's kind of feminine for Marines, right? But, but we call them blouses. So, but today, you're not going to wear your blouses. You're going to wear, you know, if you're doing a boots and utes, that means you have your boots and your trousers and a T-shirt on with your brand, your, uh, brand, your brown uh, belt, you know, military alignment and all that good stuff. And so, and your hair very, very short. But we'd come out, and every now and then somebody would have something on that they weren't supposed to have on, or you know. And the and the drill instructor wouldn't, you know, he'd just he'd go down and say, "One of these things just ain't like the other," you know. And everybody's like, "Oh crap, we're fixing to pay." <laughs> and then you go outside and roll the sand and make what they call sugar cookies because you're soaking wet, full of sweat, and you stand up and you like you just got flour all over you. So we're gonna make sugar cookies, you knucklehead. So and so wore the wrong shirt, you know. So. So the thing is, is they were trying to show us that, hey, harmony is important. You need to be on the same page. 
And though we're talking about socks right now and shirts and all this other stuff, one day that will attribute to something more important. Uh, one day you might be on the drill team slinging a, hot, a sharp knife across somebody's head. You can't mess up. You need to be, make sure that you're on the same page. And then one day you might find yourself in battle, and if this fire team's doing something from this fire team, you're going to get killed. And we as a church need to realize that if we're all on different programs and all we're doing is we're creating diversity instead of unity, instead of harmony, and the people of the world will laugh and mock at the body of Christ for what it should be because they're not even performing as the body of Christ. They should, we should be a testament. We should be a body. We should, when we, hey, when we say something, when we say this is what the Bible says, our actions need to show that. Like today. I will dance, I will sing, my feet aren't going to move anything. No, no, no. Dance. Do what the Word of God says. Don't be afraid. Hey, I mean, imagine being Elijah, and you're supposed to go up and, and, you know, and go up and cut 400 prophets' heads off. You think he was a little nervous? You know, so, I mean, hey, you might find yourself in Africa one day with a whole pygmy tribe looking at you, and you're trying to present the gospel. You don't ever know where you're going to find yourself one day. You need to be able to express... You need to be able to walk in what you believe, and you need to know what the heck you believe, and the what you believe needs to come from the Word of God. And we need to be in harmony with the words of God, not what Grandma said or Papa said or Dr. Fuzzy Face said. We need to read the Word of God, and like Dad said, we, that's a dad word, by the way, Donnie West over here, like he said, when, when something comes up on Facebook or in the world or anything else like that, the Bible says to, to study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You don't go off emotions or feelings or opinions. You say, what does the word of God say? And this is what the word of God says. And like Pharaoh used to say, I love that, was it on the, the Ten Commandments? So shall it be done, so shall it be written. You know, when, when Moses made it, I mean, uh, when Pharaoh made it a decree, there were the scribes sitting there with a pen saying, oh, he said that. And everybody got an email immediately saying, you better do this or you might die or something, get thrown in a crocodile pit. I'm not sure. So, you know, the Word of God is important. It is the hub of everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we're to feel, everything that we're to walk in in our community. But we are to walk in harmony, and we do it for the glory of God. And listen, this is what Jesus said in John 17, 20 through 23. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's talking about people that were believers at the time, but Jesus is praying for us later on that would believe by the word of truth, by the gospel that we would hear and that we would receive. He says that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So what is Jesus concerned about? What is Jesus passionate about? What took Jesus and gave him the ability to die upon the cross? He loved us. He wanted to give us a way to, to be restored to the Father so that we could be one, just like him and the Father are, so that the world would see and may believe. That's what Jesus did. Why he did what he did. Jesus wants us to be one. Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit are all working together so that we can be in them and them in us and we can be one. We can merge into a, 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 a unified relationship 
so that he can reach people. And if we are, are in disunity and unharmonized, or however you say that, then the world around us is going to look and say, I don't want any part of that. Because it gives them no reason. And it gives them no hope. So God's vision, how many of you believe that if God intended something, that it's possible? How many of you believe that God, God created the church? Man didn't. The Bible says that God, you know, created the church, that his son died for the church. Uh, he wanted to manifest through the church his infinite wisdom to the, to the principalities and the powers of darkness in this world. But we've got to be unified if we're going to be effective at showing the world who Jesus is. We have to be together if we're going to be effective at introducing people to God. And you know what? People can tell a fake from the real. People can tell if you're legitimate or not. So how do we do this? Colossians 3, 12 through 17. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, I'm not going to rush to it, but we're, we're not going to waste time here. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. So we need compassionate hearts, don't we? That means that we care about other people other than ourselves. It says, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. How many of you need, how many of you need patience for yourself? And so we need to give it to others as well. It says, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. Make sure you do it as the Lord has. There's a formula there we talked about a couple weeks ago. So you almost, so you almost must, so you also must forgive. And it says, and above all these, put on love. Now, what are what good are we without love? Paul says, if Paul says we can go through the motions, we can do all the the churchy things, and we can even do some of the things the Bible tells us, but if we do it without love, that we're just tinkling cymbals and brass, and we're just making lots of noise, but we're not really getting anything done. And he says, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So the key to having harmony is love. That's, that's the main ingredient, but I'm going to show you some other things here. Love, it, love, when you love somebody, you're willing to sacrifice for them, you're willing to do whatever it takes for that person's benefit, for, for that person's good. Uh, it puts, it keeps you where you need to be in the relationship, and uh, and it and it and it prioritizes them, if you will, in your life, and it keeps things unstained from selfishness or personal desire or anything like that. So it's important that we walk in love to get perfect harmony. It sets the tone of our actions, of our speech, of everything. And so, 15 here, it says this, and he begins to talk, and he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which, indeed, you were called in one body. How many of you know that, you know, we all have trials and issues that we go through, and we all have hard times. Satan sometimes, or whatever, can come against the church, but it, there's no justifiable time at any time that the church, and I'm talking about believers, that especially in our local body, there is no time that we should be butting heads and fighting and hating on each other. Never. We should expect, uh, you know, trials from the outside. You should all expect suffering and, and, and all things in your own life. It's going to happen. And we need to press into Jesus when it does, and we need to press into one another. The Bible says to cry to one another, rejoice to one another, to encourage one another in these situations. 
But we need to stick together. We cannot let outside influences come into our church. I mean, there's so many analogies out there. I remember one time Joey having a word about the, the, the Spartans, you know, how tight they were with their shields. And all one Spartan has to do is step out of the way and leave a hole, and the enemy can come in and get in the midst and just begin to killing people from the inside. And we have to walk in harmony with one another. We have to truly say, hey, what, what, what is my greatest desire? You know, when, you, when it comes to restoring relationships, you get crossed up with somebody, and you will in this lifetime many times, or hopefully not too many, but when you get crossed up with somebody, what's your objective? Is it to honor Jesus? Is it to restore the relationship? Or is it to, to, to hurt that person and just be right? You know, these, these are the things I'm talking about, working in harmony. What is it that drives us? What is it that causes the reaction from us that Jesus wants in our lives? And so he says a couple of things here that I think are very important. So he says, you're called to peace. He says, I want you to walk in harmony so that God is glorified and that the world may be believed in me. And he says this, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How important is the word of God in our life, in our relationships, in our unity, and in our harmony? How important is it? Very, right? Because first of all, the, the Bible is, should be how we think. The Bible, you know, Paul says that we're to renew our minds, that we're to think differently. And there's so many people in the church today that are thinking naturally, they're thinking uh, worldly, and they're not going to the Bible to say, hey, what does the Bible say in this situation? And if you have a church full of believers who believe in the Bible and read the Bible and know what the Bible says to do in, in, in most in every situation, then you know what? Here's the deal. If William and I and Dwight and Elizabeth are in the exact same situation at different times, how should we respond? We should respond the same way, right? Now, what way should that be? William's way, Dwight's, Elizabeth's, or mine? should be in God's way. Well, how's that going to happen? By reading the Word, by studying the Word. You know, because I'm telling you, right now, the, 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 the good of modern technology is that the Word is getting spread better than it ever has. The bad thing about technology is that the Word is getting butchered up better than it ever has and so what's going to happen when you're there and you're talking to somebody and they say something that is totally unbiblical you know what we do we walk away and they go man i hope they learn better but what should we do should we punch them in the face say you pagan no we should say look let me let me show you what i was reading this the other day and then let me show you what the word of god says now they can do whatever they want with it but you're we're accountable we're accountable for this Word of God. I mean, in the Old Testament, you know, the prophet, you know, the prophet, the, the, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he said, he said, look, you get up there and tell them the truth, and your hands are clean. He says, you don't say nothing. He says, it's on you. And so we need the Word of Christ in us. You know, guys, man, they're so bad about, I'm, I've really learned to appreciate instruction. But sometimes that's not even good. Dad and I were trying to put a stand together the other day, and it had the worst instruction I had ever seen in my life. But you know what? The Bible's not like that. The Bible is a book that if you read it and apply it, it will bring fruit in your life. And the more you read it, the more understanding you're going to get. The more you read it, the more you're going to 
begin to tie this scripture with this scripture, you've got to eat this word. You've got to consume this word. You've got to renew your mind. So we need to let the word of Christ dwell in us. And it says richly. And then it says teaching and admonishing one another in all. And that's what I was talking about. We can't just leave it within us and do nothing with it. We are to proclaim that word. We are to share that word. And we're to teach one another the word. We're to, we're to communicate the word to one another. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. I guarantee you that these guys in the silent drill team, because they have something to lose if their partner messes up. Like I said, a limb, an eye, an ear. Uh, you know, so I guarantee you there's a high level of accountability in there when they're doing that grinder, meat grinder, and they're slinging those bayonets around. But let me tell you something. We need to be accountable to one another in love, like it says here, but we need to get the word in us, and we need to use the word to one another, communicate it to one another. And if we see our brother saying or believing something that is totally whack, and I, you know what, you can get petty and you can get all into things that don't matter, but on the things that matter of the gospel and the word of God, we need to make sure that everybody's on the same page so that we can walk in harmony with one another. We need to have the confidence that no matter where we're at, that everybody's going to give the same uh, answer, everybody's going to give the same truth, because we all walk together in the word of God. So the word is important. For us to live in harmony, the word is very important, it says here. And it says, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Okay? Now, second thing, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness. In your hearts to God. So another thing that's very important is our worship. We really don't even realize what all God's doing when we come together and worship. There are people being healed. There are people being delivered. There are people being set free. There are people that have, you know, the Holy Spirit has words for people to others. There's encouragement. There is so much dynamic that God does in, in, a, in a worship setting uh, that he wants to, 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 to communicate to us and to change us and to transform us. And he wants to be a part of this this harmonizing that we are in so that the world can see who he is and believe in who he is and understand that he's God and he be worshipped. And they can realize as well that they were created to worship God just like we were. So the word and worship are very important in us and in our harm, harmony. Harmony. That's why, you know, today I got up and, I, you know, there's, there's more than one scripture talking about dancing and worship. There's many. And so, hey, you know, we need to get over that hill. We need to get over that hump. We shouldn't stand there awkwardly going, hey, I'm, you know, hey, it needs to be in wisdom. Don't kick and flail and punch the person next to you, for goodness sakes. But, hey, dance. David, it says when he brought the, the, when David brought the altar back into the city, he got before it himself in his underwear, and he danced. And, and his, one of his wives said, you look like a fool. And he says, I'll look even more like a fool if it'll bring glory to God. You see, because he was in harmony with God. He was in harmony with what the Word says. He, he was on the same page, and he was on the same, same team. And this is what we need to be about. And then it says in 17, it says, And whatever you do, now, what, how, much, how much of what we do is this talking about? Everything. Whatever you do in Word. So if you say something, it should be affected by this. Or deed. So if you do something, it should be affected by this. It says, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
It says, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And, and also, I want to go back. Singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, that's just singing. But if you do it with thankfulness, that's worship. And so let's go back to where we were. Doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so we need the word. We need the worship. And we need to do everything that we do because of Jesus. Because, see, if I do things because of Chad, I'm going to do them wrong. If I go into a relationship and I do it the way Chad wants it to be done, it's going to get messed up. If I, if I get into a problem and I try to fix it the way Chad wants to fix it, it gets messed up. You see this here? This, this is called seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else is going to take care of itself. All these things will be added unto you. Put the kingdom first. Put Jesus first. It's your job, in your marriage, in your kids, in everything, in every way, whatever you do, whatever you say, make it about Jesus. Say, say what would Jesus do, literally, and do it. And then you will be walking in harmony with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit with his word. And if we all do that together, we will be in harmony when we walk in his word, when we worship, and when we do it because of him and not us. When we make him be the, the, the end result, when we let Jesus be the judge of every decision and every word that we say, we will be in harmony. And then lastly, I want to tell you, what is, what is God's response when we walk in harmony, when we honor him and when we, when we do what he asks us to do and we, we really value Jesus and we value his word. Psalms 133, it says this, you know, I told you, unity is a synonym of harmony. It says, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. How much better is your life when you dwell in unity with the people around you? It's good and pleasant, isn't it? And he's talking about, you know, brothers. You know, families sometimes butt heads, but there's nothing sweeter than when a family can come together and walk in unity and love one another and trust one another and be happy. He said, this is what it's like. He said, it's, it is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. So he says it's an anointing. He says, it's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. It says, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So God, it says, commands his blessing to where there's harmony. God is with us when we are in harmony. That's where God wants to be, and that's what God wants us to do. So when we do this, when we walk in harmony, God blesses us so that we can go out and do what he's asked us to do. And that is to show the love that he has through his son to the world. So God blesses people who live in harmony with one another. And so what is it that the Holy Spirit is saying to you today? What is it that you need to begin to do in your life? You know, maybe you need to, you know, here's the deal. How you read the Bible is up to you, but read the Bible. Learn what the Word of God says. We have to quit responding to our situations in worldly natural-minded ways. We have to begin to walk in the truth of the Word of God if we want to see God bless what we're doing, if we want to see the results that only the Bible can produce in our lives. What is it that the Holy Spirit is saying? Maybe you need to be more engaged in worship. Maybe you need to put Jesus as the, the testing element of everything in your life. 
in your decisions, in your words, in your actions, in your thoughts, and, and say, you know, how does it, everything you do, you need to say, how does this affect the results that Jesus wants in this life? What is it that the Holy Spirit is saying to you today?